Hey guys! Woo! Another Monday and I <laughs> I just thought y'all that I would just be clear. I do not know what I'm doing. Like I'm just doing this thing and I'm loving it. Like, but it is, it's slow, it's treacherous, and most of the time I just feel like I'm failing. Maybe, maybe not. That's a little bit harsh, but I, I do give myself tons of grace, but I do feel like I'm floundering. Like, I don't know where I'm going, but <sighs> I said yes to God. Let's do it your way, God. And so here we go. Oh, wait, wait, where are we going? I don't know. Like, <laughs> that's how my brain is feeling. And, um, yeah, like I, I totally don't know the answer to the questions. I'm just, I'm just showing up. I'm literally just showing up and, and just sharing genuinely whatever it is that is happening in my life. And so I know the past, I think few episodes, I feel like my energy was a little bit low and maybe I was down and, and that's just genuinely where I was. I think those the things that have been going on in life have felt really heavy. And, um, and so that's maybe, maybe that's what you felt here. And so it's okay. You know, it's okay for us to just keep showing up the way we are. And, and so that's it. But I love you guys so much. I just show up. I use all my crazy to, to try to build this community and give space for others and create friendships and, and that is it. Like, that's it. That's what this is all about. And I'd love to hear from you. I want to hear your story. So do you have a story that could be used to invite others into life? Like, that's what this is all about. That's what your story is for, allowing God to use you as a vessel for change. Let me know. Like, you totally matter in the kingdom. God doesn't waste a thing. He brings life to every dead thing. He restores, restores, restores. So let's go. Is there a desire in your heart to live your best life? Like I used to be so scared of missing what God had for me. And then looking back at that, I think that that was guilt because I wasn't in the right spot. And sometimes even now, like I feel like begging God, please use me, God, to love others and I have this fear that he won't. I have this fear that he he doesn't need me, that I'm not useful, that that he can handle it without me, you know. And I mean he totally can, but you you know what I mean? But then equally and within seconds I have this fear that he will. He will use me. Ah! And then what? Like <laughs> I remember hearing people talk about this fear about following God because he might send you into, you know, to Africa or something and just ruin your life and ask you to give up comfort. And, <laughs> and that's just kind of a silly thought. And, but I mean, he does guide you, right? He does. But I think it's, it's to the right place that you've always dreamed of being. He says, what do you want to do? Let's do that. Let's go. It, he's the perfect fit just for you. And he doesn't make you into someone you don't know. No, like he reveals the truest depths of who you already are and lets you thrive in that space. So sister, what is your heart dreaming of? Who is the youest 
you? What layers need to come off in order to walk that out? That's what we're talking about today as we dissect Matthew 13. If you are in your PJs and at home and cuddled up, like totally grab your Bible and open up to Matthew 13. And if you're driving, then just listen in and I'll read it to you. But wherever you are, know that you are held and that God, he's not brushing aside your weakness. He's not rushing you into a place you don't want to go. He is coming alongside you and holding you close and enjoying the journey with you with you and for you. Oh man, it's going to be good. Hey, 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 you made it to the Ash and Ivy show where we get to be friends. My name is Riley and this is just all about creating space to talk about what's going on in life. All the things. The ash, the ivy, it all belongs and we're ready for it. I believe God shows up in every single one of our lives in unique ways. It's so beautiful. It's so fun to experience. Listen, we can create lives that light us up and we can do it together. Let's go. All right, so we are going to jump right in to Matthew 13. It's the parable of the sower. And you guys, it is super fun to study and it's just exciting to see it all come to life. I seriously find no greater thrill than reading the Bible and being filled with ideas and life to share and I'm super giddy about it. And so um, the parable today lists four ways people receive truth or like four types of people. So Uh, I definitely think that you'll relate to at least one of those four details. This message is for you. All right, so let's investigate further and decide what that means. Sound fun? Okay, so we're going to read Matthew 13, and this is the first part. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying... A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still, other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. All right. So, Jesus has this, like, really cool way of always using the language and context specific to the person to whom he was speaking. That's the case all through the Bible, right? And it's natural, of course, like... I don't know anything about fishing or sheep or soil, but but God, he puts himself in your midst. And so I wonder what he would talk to you about in order to embed himself in your life. Like, what would it take to help you see? Because that's his specialty. He's kind of this magician at relating to you and meeting you in your place. He has an art of making himself visible in your life. 
right? That's why every parable isn't just spelled out. You get to fill in the blanks within the context of your life. And he embraces the culture of each person. So what I'm thinking is that we should all write our very own parables. Yeah? What do you think? Would that be super fun? Like, I don't know. I think it'd be so cool. I don't even know what mine would be. I need to spend some time on that. I'll get back to you. But parables are just this way of making something conceptual or abstract, like like it's hard to visualize and it makes it concrete. It allows you to attach attach it to evidence in your life. You know what I mean? So the farmers are are the ones that are standing on that shore and they're hearing that message and you know every single season for the rest of their lives as they toss out that seed, they're hearing that truth play back in their mind. You know, it's this connection that they could grasp and that is rad. Like it's the coolest thing. So first thing we need to know is what is the seed? What is the seed? Well, the seed is the gospel. And less fancy than that, it's good news. Like it's life. The gospel is wisdom or a word of truth for you, for your life. Okay? So now that we have settled, check. We want the gospel, right? Yes, of course we do. We want good news. Good news is compelling. Like I always want the good news. I never want the dark. I think last week I talked to you about driving in the dark and learning to be in the dark and how so hard that is for me. But this is the truth, you guys. The gospel is also the dark. It's Jesus giving his life, coming to earth, giving his life and embracing the pain of the earth. It's embracing our pain. It's carrying our weight and it's him giving that as a gift. And so the gospel includes all of life. God created the dark and he separated the light and he called it good. We have to have it all. Okay. Okay. I I do keep telling you this for a reason. So listen in. Well, I, I do have a little tragedy story of my own. So in high school, I was at my boyfriend's house for dinner and right before dinner, I just ran to the bathroom and while I was in there, oh my gosh, like my hand is in my, my face is in my hands. Cause it's, it's just mortifying. Like I'm not over it. It's so hard to think about like, <laughs> not really, it's fine. But like while I was in the bathroom, the worst possible thing happened. My pocket caught, like the pocket of my shorts caught on the handle of the cabinet door. And so when I stepped back, it literally ripped the wooden door into two long pieces. Ah, like what do I do? What do I do? Can you just see me like carrying this wooden half door into the kitchen? Um, no, of course I did not do that. I tried to fix it. And so I like put it back together so carefully and it was a miracle. Somehow it stayed. I was in shock and so humiliated. So I, I'm going back to the dinner table and I have a choice to make. What is it? Like to tell or not to tell? What would you do? What would you do? Seriously? 
Oh, well, I did tell and it was totally fine. Like it was not, it was no big deal. It's fine. I don't know what they did with that door after I left, but they were not mad at me. It was okay. But it led to the mom confessing that the brother's girlfriend had had used the guest room one night and apparently had placed the pillow with the sham on the side table on like the nightstand with and over a lamp and and the lamp had burnt a hole through the pillow sham oh my gosh y'all so <laughs> she did not tell she just turned the pillow over and placed it nice and neat in its spot right back on the bed upside you know backwards or whatever I think that story is hysterical. I do not blame her at all. Um, but it, it gives us just this visual of what to think about. Like, is the hole gone just because you turned the pillow over? No. No. Like, the hole is still there, right? And we can't just put a bow on top of our lives. We can't just turn the pillow over and act like the hole's not there. All right, guys. We want to be people who... Face the truth. Who faced the truth. So we're going to jump right back in to Matthew because we're going to check out these four types of soil. Jesus is super cool because when he is with his disciples, who are fishermen, not farmers, he takes the time to explain the parable. And that's what he does for your life. Every parable is not explained, but when you abide in him and spend time with him, he will explain everything to you, for you. And so that's what he's doing here with them, which is amazing. It's so cool. Okay, so this is him explaining the parable. Listen then, this is verse 18. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The Passion Translation is one of my favorites, and it says, Um, talks about the heart of the one who hears the message of the kingdom realm, but doesn't understand it. The enemy comes and steals what was sown in his heart. The enemy steals everything. All he does is spread lies, lies, you guys. And we can fill up on so many lies. Like none of us is immune to that. And we all need to be on guard and checking for the lies. And so think about it this way. We live our life, right? Years of facing life, our parents' lives, our own circumstances, and we create barriers of identity. We learn through our circumstances how to cope or how to protect, how to survive, and we layer on who we're expected to be. Even if we face trauma, like our brain is designed to protect us with more layers. It's called dissociation. And this keeps you functional, right? Absolutely. But at what point do all those layers become a barrier between you and your true identity? Listen to this. We go to kindergarten. We're told to sit still. We go to youth group and we're told to use our manners and be good at school. We're told to be accepting of all people, make good grades at home, quiet, helpful. Like we're constantly layering and layering all these expectations and learning how to please. And we become masters of performance. We adjust to the behavior of who we think we're supposed to be like. And so all of these things act to harden our heart. 
harden our soil. They limit us from hearing that seed of truth or believing who we are because we're filtering all of that stuff through our lives. That is the enemy's crafty design to keep us from learning our true potential. It's kind of like Rapunzel, where my Disney girls, Rapunzel doesn't know she's a princess. She's trapped in this tower. She's been stolen from her family, stolen from her true identity. Can you see where I'm going? She's unaware of her her rights, okay? She doesn't know that she's loved by two parents. She doesn't know that she's been endowed with the riches of the kingdom, She's hidden. She's isolated, right? And when we can only see the environment around us, what's visual with our eyes, and we see the bad, and we we feel the hurt, and we can only see what is in front of us, then we'll think that that's all there is to life. But every time, every exposure to truth enables us to move towards freedom. You were born to be free. You will always want to rise towards freedom. It's how you were made. You were made to rise up. You were made to rise up, but we're hidden beneath layers of untruth that keep our soil hard. And in a space of false identity, all you know to do is hide and have pain. All you know how to do is protect yourself and do your best and earn love or Learn, earn attention, really, because it's not real love. And in that space, it feels like God's hard to find. He feels far away. Life sucks. Like, this is the tragedy of life. Remember last week I talked about Boykner, who says that the gospel is first a tragedy, a, and, and then it's a comedy and a fairy tale. That tragedy is, it's not hard for us to understand. We feel pain. We understand feeling hopeless or isolated, or maybe we have this question of, am I cursed? Am I being punished? Is this just my lot in life? Like, where do I go from here? How do I get out? How do I get out? And yet we are no, like we know we're born for more. We're created by the most imaginative artist and scientist who like in the garden originally, designed us to create and live and give and breathe life, right? And yet we're bound so tightly by our mask of false identity that we look for truth in all the wrong places. We scroll all day seeking that drip of happiness, that shot of inspiration, and we feel empty, empty, okay? And I think too, here could be these limiting beliefs um, within expectations, expectations of what we think is supposed to be, what we think is supposed to happen. Or like if you're an athlete, you think, oh, I can only do this because that's what athletes do. I can't do that. Or smart women have to do this. You have to use your brain. And, And there's just stereotypes and you fill in the blank. That's just the way I am. That's just the way my dad was. And we have our arms crossed tight, unwilling to move out of that box. And that is not the way of the spirit, not the way of, of the father. All right, let's read about the second soil. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. So basically this is a shallow experience with no depth. 
right? This is a, you nod because yeah, good message, preacher, good word. But when the persecution comes, when the hard day comes, the, the pain, you're quick to blame or quick to doubt and not to be harsh, but maybe it's just about a religion or a culture for you. Maybe it's, I want to be a good person. I, I want my kids in church because I know it's the right thing, but there's not a lot of connection. And, and that just doesn't bring life. You guys, it doesn't bring life. There's more, there's more. It's a good place to start, but there's so much more available to you. And so let's think about it. Let's face it and consider it and see if there's maybe a step we could take to move into a deeper realm. Okay. Further into the circle. Remember I talked about Richard Rohr creating your life, painting your life in the circle, and we can live on the fringe doing all the extracurricular things, or we can really get to the center, a place of fulfillment and satisfaction. And so maybe we can take that first step today. So one of the things I think about in this phase is, is this idea that maybe our suffering doesn't fit with the Christian life we thought we were supposed to have. Like for me, I thought I was supposed to be as a Christian. I thought I was supposed to be amazing and good and nice. My expectations for my life were sky high. You hear me? Like, whoo, what was my hope? Perfection. And that just does not line up with reality. Christianity, I thought, was perfection. I thought it meant having a great husband and having a great job and being happy. And so then when pain comes, it's confusing. Like, it causes you to question what's true. You don't know what's happening because you think God has come to save the world, save you from pain, save you you know, this is a great place to be, and you can see it that way because it's a good place for asking questions, and it's a good place of using what's happening in your life to grow and know Jesus and hear from him and seek him out and say, wait a minute, reality is that I'm disappointed. Reality is things are not perfect, and I have pain, and my marriage is hard, right? But who are you? Who are you? What, what's going on? Jesus, show me what I'm supposed to feel and think and how I'm supposed to move from this space. Because if you are confused about who God is and why he came, your pain will linger. If you're confused about how God feels about you, shame will bury you. Perfection is a myth. Easy marriages are a myth. A job without hard work is a myth. And life without tragedy is a myth. I was at lunch. It's been about a couple years, actually, which is insane. Um, and the person I was with, this is not why we were meeting. We were meeting to talk about kintsugi, which is an art process that I'm fascinated with. But anyway, she literally calls out my perfection. And she said, it is time to abolish perfection. Abolish perfection. It was a stomach punch. I won't lie. It changed my life because exposing untruth changes your life. It strips off a layer. 
And it is so, so important that you give opportunity to bring life to those places that are not serving you. Okay. So KJ Ramsey is this author who wrote this too shall last. And she says, we'll keep looking in the wrong places for grace in our suffering. If we don't re-examine and re-articulate the substance of our hope and know that Jesus came to meet us here. Jesus came to meet us here. Our hope is not in our behavior. It's not in being perfect or meeting goals. It's being with Jesus. So good soil, good soil, that's our goal. Our good soil is saying to heck with perfection. Here is me. Here is my ugly. Here are my weaknesses. Use it how you want with the belief that you are perfectly loved, completely welcome in your humanity. In that space, you say, I am ready. I'm ready to listen. I'm ready to be humble. I'm ready to hear and put others first. Like it is whack, right? It's whack. Like it doesn't make any sense, but it is freedom. It is freedom. All right. So who's with me? Who's with me on this? It's exciting. Ah, I love to know the way. I love to know the way. This is it. I also want to say like, I suppose you could shift in and out of these, in and out of these types of soils based on where you are in life. And you can read this parable and, and receive it in different ways at different times. But the way I'm teaching it today is more in this view of phases of growth and willingness in your life. And so that would encompass, you know, a longer period of time, not shifting through by circumstance, but actually having a true heart change where you're settled more then maybe you were in your last phase. Does that make sense? Okay. So third type of soil. Okay. Verse 22, the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. Oh, y'all, I spent so long here. It's such a dangerous and frustrating place to be. It's this place of maybe like this. I love God so, so much. Like I want more than anything to serve and love and be used by him. I want to be happy. I want to create. I want to have understanding. I hear the good news. I believe it. I soak in it. I move towards it. Yet I'm so tangled in weeds that I can't get out. And I feel stuck in my pain. I feel trapped in my lies. I suffocate with anxiety and self-hate and self-doubt. And I'm happy and I'm full of truth and I I can say those things. But somewhere under the surface, I'm hurting. I'm drowning. Hmm. Hard place to be, right? In one of my favorite scriptures of rescue, it's in Song of Songs, um, Solomon calls it foxes. So here we're talking about weeds. He calls them foxes. Like that, I don't have time to read that today, but it, trust me, it is gold. It's gold, you guys. Let's get the foxes. I love the Bible, right? Like foxes, weeds, sheep, soil, like, okay, whatever, God, I'm going with it. I'm going with it. (laughs) I love it. One time a fox came on the beach with us and we were having a bonfire 
And Grayson was itty bitty, like so little. And there was a fox and a dog playing on the beach. And then the fox ran away with Grayson's flip flop. This is a true story. And (laughs) we did get the flip flop back because, I mean, we love our shoes, but we definitely established that foxes have sharp teeth. They steal. Fact, right? But we're going to get that fox because we love our shoes. Okay? Okay. So the weeds also crowd out the sun. They steal the nourishment. Shame is a fox. It's paralyzing. It's not from God. It will tell you that you are never enough. Guys, all day, every day, I see these ideas scattered through Instagram. I'm not enough. I'm overwhelmed. I'm doing it wrong. I need to keep up. Like these are the things keeping us from the more. These are the things. And we could basically take our thoughts all day long and spin each one into words of truth, into words of truth. I have a meditation bell uh, app on my phone and it just dings at random times throughout the day. It's a reminder for me to check my thoughts and speak truth to myself. What am I thinking? Am I feeling like I'm not enough? Am I in the overwhelm? Am I worried? And then speak truth. Like be present in the moment and recognize where you are and make that moment right. Okay. So in this soil, we have a few things to think about. The first one is this is a place of being choked by the Bible says choked by their own cares of anxiety, like an inward thinking. So these, these might be things bound in the layers from childhood and lived experiences. These are things that are filtering our, our truth and keeping us from understanding. And if you don't want to live like that, you can get help for those things. If you don't want to pass these things on to others, like your children, get some help. Get some help. That is what the help is for. We all need it. It is a good idea. All right? Another thing, the reaches of the world, the fleeting pleasures of this life. Ooh, sting me. This one is hard because, you know, I want to watch the TV that everyone else is watching. I want to be in the know. My son, he feels like he has to know every meme. That way, if anyone says a meme and laughs that, you know, it's, it's like the responsibility of the high schooler to be up on the memes for all the greatest laugh. And that's exhausting. It's exhausting. So anyway, that one's a hard one. And then busyness. Oh my gosh. Like my first 10 episodes were about busyness, pure distraction from the truth. Right. And then I have kind of this measurement. If you, um, this could be kind of a trigger to know that this is maybe where you are in your soil is, are you hiding your pain? You do your best. You know, you know, that God is good, um, but you're not actually seeking out healing or truth. You know about healing, but you haven't surrendered to it God's way. You put on that happy clown face I talked about, and there's just no depth there. God's way, God's way. You know, this soil is not a bad place to be. It's kind of, um, it's a place of living successfully, it's self-preserving. It's neat and expected. It's pretty. And I don't say it to be harsh, but it's a selfish place to stay. It might make you feel like you wasted your life. It might make you feel like maybe I didn't do all that I really wanted to. 
you're called to and invited into a life of giving and creating. And I understand like maybe maybe it feels like that voice you hear isn't God. Maybe it feels like it's too risky because you'd have to let go of this to get that. You'd have to let go of this good thing and that seems illogical. Maybe it would mess up the peace in your home, right? Like to pull up hard things from the past. Why? Why would I do that? It is well enough to be left alone. Why would I stir up trouble? It's because the hole's still in the pillow. And when you expose darkness, you redeem that moment. And Jesus brings life and light to every dead place and light to every dark place. We'll always be fighting the weeds in our life. Like they are never ending. It's a process um, that we're well acquainted with. But it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. Okay. All right. Let's, well, I want to tell you a little bit. Um, for me, I, I went on this journey and um, really created a new belief system. I believe the switch comes with belief. The key is belief. And that system of belief is rooted in God's voice. My new belief system came with a stopping and a slowing and allowing a place of knowing that I am his. I am covered. I'm pursued. I'm restored. And I did the hard thing. I faced the regret and the shame and took action towards love and healing. And this is not a matter of pass or fail. This isn't a discussion of arrival or admittance into heaven. Like that is not what we're talking about. This is a change in your spirit and your mind. And honestly, on the outside, it might look exactly the same. Like I led worship. I led Bible studies. I talked about God. I was super authentic. But underneath that, I was discontent and yearning for purpose, desperate for life. Like my worship was filled with longing and begging and striving. And I think that's because I had so much hidden inside and I didn't even know it was there and I didn't know what it was. And I think this is just something you're going to have to resonate with. It's kind of hard for me to explain, but it's an invitation to just step towards that calling and towards that invite, choosing to follow God Christ is alive in you. He is, and he will meet you in your place. But there's always space for more through surrender and giving up of control. There's just this purity of knowing. Like, I am not motivated extrinsically, but I am moving towards the center of, of what God has for me. Yeah. Hmm, it's a good space. Let's look at for soil four. Come on down. All right, verse 23. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. So this is fully embracing the message of the kingdom, your life bearing good fruit, a harvest of 30, 60, 100 times more. Like, I think that's such a better way to say it. But the question is, what is the message of the kingdom realm, right? So that's, that's what you're seeking. But this is a place where life comes. 
life. This is the part we want to talk about. This is the fun stuff. Hey, let's all go here together, right? Like, yes, this is why wouldn't we move into this space given the choice? Because it's easier to be stagnant. It's kind of like getting a tattoo. Like you can suffer for a little while. It's worth it to have life, be awake, have knowing, have delight. Like you taste it, you glimpse that more, that heaven, that goodness. And you think you've had it before, but there's more, 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 30, 60, 100 times more. You've been given the secrets of God when you were born again. And for me, that healing came when I said, okay, okay, yes, right? And I started to write it out and I faced that tightness in my chest and I faced the fear and I pushed through it. And I asked God to help me and I aligned with him that it was time to move on. And I believed he would help me catch those foxes, right? And so all of this is because of what he has done, what he is doing. It's what he has given. This is not about us striving to meet expectations. Not at all. Not at all. This is where the joy is. The joy comes in the action of doing what you know you're meant to do. It comes with connection and heart revelation. It comes with your heart bending toward the one and helping that individual and making space and loving. Like It's the thrill of knowing God's voice, the delight in seeing love change people. It's confidence in your identity. It's peace in the midst of chaos. It's the comfort of a real savior. Ah, yes, this is the best. It's a place of being settled so that you can make intentional choices because you know who you are and where you want to go, right? Who you are. You know who you are because God has spoken it to you. You've seen it in your story. He's rewritten your story and you see him and you know him and you are firm in who you are. And that is a good place to be. That is life. And this is a high energy place where you attract good things to your life. And I want to say like your mind will rarely guide you to choosing life. It will always choose the easiest route. You have to program your mind to choose happy, choose movement, choose change, truth, and set yourself up for it. Right? Like the other day, my mom just chose to get on the trampoline and jump. And that is not natural for her. I was so excited for her to see her choose happiness. And um, and then in this place, there's a lover. You're a lover of truth. It's kind of like that good burn at the gym or that first sunburn of the summer that tells you you're alive. It feels so good, right? It's because that discipline is worth it. You want to know the truth. You want to hit that resistance and be able to push through it. That's wisdom. That's wisdom. That's truth. That's love. All right. So how do we shift into this place of truth? How do we shift into a place of being awake and filled with delight? And how do we stay there? Okay. So my husband, he pointed out to me that in the baby store, everything expensive and wonderful is on the right end of the aisle and everything, you know, standard and cheap, none of it's cheap, but you know what I mean, is on the left. And so 
I was always shopping on the right. I have good taste, right? I didn't even notice what he was saying, but he pointed out. So how do we move to the far right and pick the best options for our life? Like if it's a buffet, of course we're going to choose life, happiness, being found, belonging, confidence, used, chosen, right? These are high-end energy ideas. They're attractive. When? When did you stop loving yourself? When did you start choosing that that stuff on the left, the not enough, the overwhelm, the anxiety? That's not who you are. It's not who you are. How do we pull those layers and layers and layers off and strip them away, right? How do we strip them away? We need to take it back to our childhood where we're free and oh, I love to think about a little boy in his costume or a little girl wearing her tiara and feeling so full of life without the layers of expectations, without the fears and worries, right? Well, I think the key is belief. It's belief. The enemy cripples our belief with lies, isolation, worry, anger, complacency, distraction. We have to let go and agree to God's way. And that might be facing the fear, even when it hurts, even if it makes us have to grieve or lose control. It might be stepping into a risky place, rejecting rejection, being misunderstood, but it is time to make space for a new narrative, a new narrative. It is possible for you. It is. And so what I'm inviting you to do today is to sit down and rest in your story. I want you to sit down and rest in your story. Your whole self is welcome here. Shifting into this higher place, this good soil, is not about being perfect. None of this is to ask you to be more or be better or be anything different than you are. It's an invitation to say yes to who you really are, the real you, who you've been all along. I've told you that I've been on a journey. I literally went on a journey And when it all started, I felt like I should go back and visit certain people who'd been a part of my story and practice telling my story without sobbing. (laughs) That actually never happened, but I got better. I did get better. (laughs) And that trip that I talked to you about last week about driving in the dark was one of those visits. And so on that trip, um, after I arrived and had already been there, I, I went for a drive. I was driving through town, not going anywhere in particular, but heading toward the beach taking the long way just to wander. And I'm driving down this big fancy bayfront road where all the houses are on the right and they're huge. And then they have this giant oak trees that arch over the road and it's dreamy, you know, and across from the houses is the Bay of the Ocean. It's basically a small calm beach, you know, it's just really nice. And so I was driving and um, all of a sudden, just acutely, I'm filled with feelings of shame and regret and sadness. And my immediate reaction was to get out of there, like keep moving, right? Move along. Let's get, let's go. But I heard in my spirit, stop here. Stop here. 
wait a minute. I do not condemn you. I love you here in this space. I want to be with you here. So I parked my car and I found a spot to sit in the sand and nothing crazy happened. The clouds didn't open. I didn't cry. It wasn't super spiritual. There's, there's really no process to share. I simply heard the invitation to sit in my story and rest. I accepted the love the Father had for me in that moment, in that space, and I believed it. And we can sit in belief and let it change who you are. The gospel is that place where you aren't brushed aside for your weakness. And your hurt is held. You are seen and loved. The gospel is that place where you aren't brushed aside for your weakness and your hurt is held. K.J. Ramsey has another quote. The kingdom is already and not yet. The kingdom is already and not yet. It came to us, heaven on earth and through Jesus. Living in its tension rather than panicking for release is the only way to be pulled into a trajectory of hope. Who wants to live a life of hope? Me and you, right? And so we have to recognize that Jesus came. 1 John 4.10 Jesus is love. This is love. He loved us long before we loved him. It was his love, not ours. And he came to experience this life that we bear to struggle. He unfolds us in his love. The author of the book I mentioned, This Too Shall Last, she shares how she um, just got this sickness in college acutely, and she was in school for being a counselor, and she'd held so many people's pain. She'd made space for so many people, and then suddenly became so sick, so much pain, and she still struggles with it today. But she shared how she would lay on the floor and cry in pain, but her sweet mate Instead, who's a college student, instead of closing her door and getting rest, would come and lay on the floor also and lay with her. That is who Jesus is. He comes. He comes with us in our pain. He became our pain. He doesn't run away. Okay? Jesus brought heaven to earth. He's here. Find the grace in the pain. That is God. Find the grace in the waiting It's not about perfection or meeting goals. It's about living, living, guys, living. Living is the purpose. I wish I could see you now. I do, but I want you to hear me clearly. You are not lost. Open your hands right now. Open your hands. Maybe shake off, shake off a layer and accept the truth. Make some kind of move. And believe this, you are good soil. You are good soil. He is pouring life out on you today, and you are good soil. You are not cursed. You are cured. You are not wasted. You are useful. You are not too much or too little. You are not a disappointment. You are a child, full of life. This is the gospel. 
The comedy is in that moment when the impossible happens. It's when you get the freedom you didn't earn. You know you didn't earn it, but you get it. It's when your mind quiets when it's raced for so long. It's the laughter and relief because grace doesn't always make sense. It's that moment when you're able to see God in the pain and it breathes new life and makes that moment bearable. The chasm between that tragedy and the comedy is Jesus. Jesus bringing heaven to earth. Jesus on the floor with you. Jesus in the chair with you. He's in the pain with you. And believing he is good, I get it. It might be the hardest thing you have to do, believing he didn't abandon you. You believe it, but do you know it? Have you seen him in your story? Have you heard his voice? Have you found him in the place of suffering? That is good soil. I ask you today, do not put a spiritual bow on your brokenness. Let him meet you. And and there's such clarity that comes in the movement. And when you move, layers fall off. You can stand up. You can sing. You can open your hand. You can bow down. You don't even have to have words to pray. You can just rest in the story and just be close, knowing he's close, right? 1 Corinthians 1.6 says, The reality of the truth of Christ is seen among you and strengthened through your experience of him. When you see him, hear him, know him in your own story, it changes everything. It makes it real, right? And so whatever your parable is, untangle the knots, wash your hair, stir the clumps, smooth the paint, like, I don't know, insert, this is where you insert your own parable. We're just going to do the thing. Do the thing, right? Let's catch those foxes. Be broken for our sin and let revival into our hearts. And so I just ask you today to make that simple commitment to pull the weeds. Just say yes. Guys, it's spring. We can get our farmer on. Who is waiting for your healing so that they can experience theirs? It is time to move. It is time to take off our mask and chase the magic and the awe of who God is. Belief, 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 belief. You can go low in the resurrection. You can face the pain and suffer like Jesus suffered, but then rise up in restoration, bringing new life, new life for you today. I love you. I love you. I love you. You are so precious. And I pray for new life to flood your family, to flood your heart, that peace would fill your mind. Be blessed. Wow, this stuff lights me up every time. And I want to hear from you. It's your turn. So listen, first, I want to thank you for subscribing to this podcast. That means the world to me. Reviewing and sharing the show is the best way to help it grow and is the greatest gift to me. So if you like what you hear, please pop it in your stories and tag me. Thanks.